0: This is Travel Wise, the travel podcast for growth-hungry entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore travel, continuous learning, and the psychology of flow. Ready for takeoff? Ask me why. Welcome, everybody, to 52 Living Ideas. We are here for Chapter 6 of this book right here. Flow the Psychology of Optimal Experience by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi and if you were here last time you might remember we we did the format a little bit differently and today we're really throwing the whole typical format to the wind because Maritz and I both agreed that this chapter is profoundly interesting about flow and thought and especially for this group because I do believe everyone who's here is here because we are passionate lifelong learners and Shikant has created an amazing container for those of us who want to be lifelong learners but I don't know if we really get the full experience of thinking about flow and thought from just what MC is able to put in the book so we're really gonna shake up the whole format here and really use the discussion to draw out your experiences and what you wanna talk about, about your experiences with lifelong learning, with flow and with thought. That said, we do have a quick slide presentation to at least get everybody started. This meetup, it's open and we wanna make it accessible. If you've read the chapter or not, So maybe it's been a couple of weeks since you read it. So we start always with just a little brief recap of the book and where we're at. And Maritza can send you the slides as well, because we're going to go through it pretty quickly so that we can really make this discussion be about what you guys want to talk about. I'm going to
1: post a link for you guys to grab them from uh, Google Docs in just a moment here, okay? But first, let's um, let's get into it. Yeah. Joya, I'll walk you through.
0: Yep. So so just the first recap of what is flow. Flow is defined as the optimal state of human consciousness, where you feel your best and perform your best. It's the state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. And the experience itself is so enjoyable that people will do it even at great cost. And there's a really important concept we talk about which is the challenge skills balance, which is the next slide, this great graph that Maritza put together for us here. We talk about flow lies in that sweet spot where your challenges meet your skills. And it really is ideally a rising phenomenon that you develop greater skills that allows you to take on greater and greater challenges. Once you're able to master those challenges, you would get So then you learn new skills and then that allows you to just continuously stay in the flow channel. And then we'll just do a quick recap of the chapters that have come before. So everybody knows where we are exactly in the book. We started with chapter one, where we revisited in a philosophical discussion what happiness is all about to see how MC positions, flow. Flow is considered to be part of the positive psychology movement. MC really worked hard with Martin Seligman, who's often considered the founder of positive psychology, and flow is considered an aspect of it. And so we started even just with that broad philosophical, psychological overview of, you could call it the state of happiness studies. In chapter two, we went in depth to focus on consciousness, focusing very specifically on attention and how the ability to control our attention and what we pay attention to it matters for being able to get into flow. In chapter three, we went through the different conditions of flow. So this is really how you know you're in a flow state, is that there are all of these elements or perhaps not all of them, but these are the elements where when you have a combination of these elements, these are the things that we see come up again and again in a flow state, that you have clear goals, immediate feedback, that sweet spot between challenges and skills, that experience where you're so concentrated in the task at hand, that action and awareness feel like they merge and there's no distractions your sense of self and self-consciousness disappears, and your sense of time also seems to pass strangely. And the activity you're involved in feels like an end in itself. It has that intrinsic motivation to it. Then in chapter four, we talked more about some of the conditions for flow. And then in the last session, we started talking about the body in flow, which sets us up for this week, which is all about the mind in flow, the flow of thought. But is there anything else you wanted to remind people of from what we did before?
1: No, I think you did a great job covering it all. Let's um, let's get into chapter six. I'm excited.
0: So this is chapter six. So just to start with this quote, which is a good one, I think. Some of the most exhilarating experiences we undergo are generated inside the mind, triggered by information that challenges our ability to think rather than from the use of our sensory skills. So if last time we were talking all about the body and the senses, and now we're moving from the senses to the activities of the mind and the flow states that we can get into when we are using our mind. And the most important point on this slide, I think, is the one here toward the bottom, where MC points out that the natural state of the mind is chaos, or as Maritza likes to say in Spanish, (laughs) chaos. which to me always sounds like cows, (laughs) Maybe that's even the better way to think of it, that the natural state of the mind is cows. Giving order to your mind through mental flow activities is a way to find enjoyment without depending on external circumstances. So this is all about how you use your own internal ability to control your thoughts and your thinking to be able to put yourself in this condition where you're able to achieve flow and find that enjoyment of flow in spite of whatever the external circumstances are. And then he points out similarly to when we were talking about the body in flow, that mental flow also requires certain goals, rules, ways of obtaining feedback, ways of being in control of that experience to make sure that that you will be in flow.
1: I would like to add here that I want to put in your mind the idea of intentionality. Mm -hmm. There is um, a theme throughout the chapter that we'll see. And the idea is not to just float along aimlessly. That we should be seeking to grab something, grab control. If you leave your mind alone, it has nothing better to do with itself and it's going to go all crazy. You can focus it you have to reach to do that. So I'm adding here, I'd like to give you the word of intentionality.
0: That's a great one. I'll add here too, that for me, this chapter is really important because thought mental activities is definitely one of the primary ways I personally get into flow. So There's all sorts of ways that you can get into flow. Some people find it much easier to get into flow by doing physical activities, but I'm the kind of person where mental activities are definitely one of the main ways that I do get into flow. So I do think this is one of the most important chapters to explore. And personally, I have so much to talk about with this chapter, but I do have to say I was really disappointed. I think Maritza agreed with how the chapter was organized and what was included and it seemed all of the things that could have been included that weren't even mentioned. So Maritza and I took it upon ourselves to just completely reorganize the flow of this chapter to put it in an order that hopefully will make our discussion that much richer and just deeper for all of you. So we're actually going to go toward the end and start toward the end of the chapter and then work our way through the material, not in the order that MC gave us. So we're actually going to start with the idea of wisdom. This was a section toward the middle of this chapter about philosophy, but he stresses wisdom more broadly. And I think this is the most general way that we can get into this topic because it is the integration of all of the branches of learning. And that's really what we wanna talk about.
1: And I think everyone here today is a lover of wisdom. And I love the reminder to us that this is what philosophy used to imply And there are some whose fields have nothing to do with philosophy. And yet we find ourselves visiting with each other every week to to exactly do this, to philosophize. And we do it because we do have this love of wisdom and wisdom gathering.
0: And I do love this one quote you have here on the slide, the one that says, if a person feels coerced to read a certain book, to follow a given course, because that is supposed to be the way to do it learning will go against the grain. But if the decision is to take that same route because of an inner feeling of rightness, the learning will be relatively effortless and enjoyable. And to me, that's the core idea here that I think we want to explore is how do we find, generate, create that inner feeling of rightness so that learning can be effortless, enjoyable, and so much more valuable to us.
1: And I'm going to point out to you here again, it's the decision is made. So you are the one making the decision.
0: So we're ready for the next slide, do you think? So again, now this is more toward the end of the chapter, but to my mind, where I believe we really should start, where he's making this distinction between amateurs and professionals, and pointing out that the word amateur comes from that Latin root amare, which means to love. And that's really what we're talking about here. I think especially in our society where many of us are knowledge workers, or we really do rely on a certain specialization for our professional careers, it's perhaps often easy to think about learning, skill development, in terms of being a professional, uh, there are perhaps certain skills that you might not ever even think to explore or work on precisely because you are not a quote-unquote professional, because it's not your job, because you're not an expert. But I love how MC focuses here on the importance of Amare, on the importance of love, on loving the activity and how much value we can get, even if we're not pursuing a certain line of knowledge to become a professional, but to do it for the love of it, because it makes life better, richer, more enjoyable, more filled with happiness.
1: Yes, and I mean, I think that that's a perfect way to state it is the, when it does not feel like it is a chore, that's the path we're gonna keep following. And I love seeing it pointed out that there are words that we use that provide a negative connotation unnecessarily to this process of learning. It seems to be frowned upon to be dabbling in various different topics when in fact, that just brings enrichment and variety to one's life. And I think that it should be celebrated. So I do love seeing here that it's expressly pointed out in black and white, you know, that there are these words that are negative words and they're not necessarily all that terribly important to focus on if we find something we want to do. Um, And the process of lifelong learning can only be entered into if we kind of set aside these societal limitations?
0: Right. And that I think then takes us to what is the very end of the chapter, but where Marisa and I agreed, we both really want to begin, which is this idea of the challenge of lifelong learning. And I think it especially applies to all of us here in this community. I think that is the thing that unites us everyone on this call in the 52 Living Ideas community is this real passion for lifelong learning. And there's some great quotes here. The mind offers at least as many and as intense opportunities for action as does the body, and a person who foregoes the use of his symbolic skills is never really free. I love even the connection that he makes here between the pursuit of Lifelong learning, the development of your mental skills. You know, that's what he's referring to here your ability to deal with symbols. That if you don't accept that challenge and make that decision, make that choice to improve your abilities in this sphere, that you never achieve freedom. I think that's a Really interesting, and Marissa, did you want to say anything about the rest of this slide as well, or should we uh, go to one, break up this?
1: For this one, I do want to state that you know the, um, and some of it's I didn't put all of it in here. But when he's talking about the story of education, he actually points out the very very sad fact that for many of us, the twelve year education process in in our country, if if one hails from the United States specifically, he points out that it is distasteful and it actually turns many of us off towards the learning process. And it's it's crazy. But what he points out is that the reason for this distaste is because these are methodologies of learning that are forced upon you. So they're not inherent within you. They're not yours. It may be a process or a subject for which you have no desire. And we talk a little bit about desire in some of the other um 5211 ideas concepts but you know that the way of grabbing something and intentionally making it yours and moving forward with you know intent and with joy and to get yourself into that perfect flow path there you have to desire it. And it's pointed out to us in this little section that you know, We need to realize that if we are the sort that says, oh, I hated school, you probably didn't hate the learning aspect. You hated the aspect where it was forced upon you to delve into something over which you had no interest. And so here the admonition is please set that aside and try a different approach because we are certain, just absolutely certain, That if you do, and if you find that thing, which is your desiderata, which is your desired thing, and I'm stealing that totally from the design way, if that is your desire, you will find it so easy to move forward and you will almost accidentally find yourself in the flow state, which is what we all want, right?
0: Exactly. So... Madison, and I thought we'd actually jump into the breakout rooms now so that you all really have an opportunity to reflect on this question, to reflect on your desiderata when it comes to lifelong learning. This could be even the sessions within 52 Living Ideas that interest you the most and beyond that, what are the different aspects of lifelong learning that have really called to you to your passions to your intrinsic motivation to share from your personal experience and then as you're reflecting on your own passions for whatever it is about learning that fascinates you the question we came up for you all to consider was how can we then take control of the direction of learning ourselves. So once we even identify that we have this passion, what else can we do to really have, Marita stress that word intention, like how do we go from just the passion to the intention, the direction, the action to actually get in flow and make the most of our lifelong learning. So we wanna put you in the breakout rooms now so that you have the opportunity to reflect on all of that then we'll come back and just quickly go through the topics that MC mentioned, some of his viewpoints on that. But in my opinion, he barely scratched the surface on what there is to talk about. So I think this conversation is going to be much better when it's grounded in the particular aspects of the flow of thought that interest all of you. So... That's why we're gonna do the breakout rooms. We'll quickly go through whatever else MC has to say and then really turn it back to the whole group to do the lightning round of questions and talk amongst the group as a whole about those aspects of the flow of thought that matter the most to the people who are here today. Does anybody have any questions so far before we do the breakout rooms? Uh, and then Marisa too, if there's anything that I haven't said that, that you wanted to make sure to add here.
1: I think we're good. Um just, you know, we're going to, I posted the discussion question in the chat. So um, you guys will have it for you for reference when you go into your breakout rooms. And we'll see you all back in about 20 minutes.
0: I mean, unless like if anybody, I guess if anybody has any questions now, you can just raise your hand, type exclamation point in the chat. Otherwise, um, we'll put you all in the breakout rooms to, discuss lifelong learning, the flow of thought, and how we can can take control of the direction of our learning to make the most of our learning and make it a real flow experience. Oh, Gioti has something to say before we go. Yeah,
2: my question is, um, I'm not uh, totally clear. Uh, You're not just talking about 52 new ideas. You're talking about anything related in the same area, not necessarily the same thing.
0: Yeah, so anything- yeah. I think that's a great question. Yeah. We're, we're curious, anything that you are passionate about in your lifelong learning? Um, I would assume for the people who are in this group that, I mean, there's now so many different sessions that are available. Even Kant can't make all of the sessions of 52 Living Ideas anymore. So clearly there are certain topics or subjects that interest each of us more than others. So that could even just be a starting point um, to to talk about the, the particular sessions in 52 Living Ideas, which topics, which subjects interest you the most. And then obviously going beyond that, what are the other, the skills that you're learning to develop, the other subjects that you're passionate about. And then thinking about, you know, once you've thought about some of your own personal experiences with lifelong learning to think about your strategies for how to make it better.
1: So just really quickly, before we open up the breakout rooms, one more time for you guys. The discussion question is, how can we take over the direction of learning ourselves? How do we go from passion to action, intention, or
0: direction? All right. And we will start the breakout rooms now. Hopefully you all had some really rich discussions in the breakout room. So... Next quickly, we're just going to go back and Maritza and I quickly go through the rest of what was in this chapter, the the couple slides we had here, just to see what MC had to say about the rest of the flow of thought, and then turn it all over to you guys and see what were the most interesting ideas and reflections that came out of the breakout rooms and, and what you got from this chapter. And we're not even doing this in the order that MC put it in, because both Maritza Sorry and I Sorry if you read that, the book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we're going to start first talking about the flow of thought, even with the concept of science and connecting flow with science. Um, was there any particular quote here you really wanted to draw out, Maritza? I, mean, I think the
1: one at the top that I chose the um, for a person who has nothing to remember, life can become severely impoverished. And that's, to me, that can be taken a few different ways. If you don't take the time to remember something, your life is impoverished. But also if you don't succeed in remembering everything. And one other little thing about this is... The remembering should be deeper than superficial. It's not explicitly stated in this chapter, but it's woven in the thread and the fabric of this entire book. Is that we stand upon the shoulders of a a vast history? You know, oral traditions predate all of our scribal traditions, and. It's important to remember those as we go forward. So so even that is encompassed here in the small little phrase of memory.
0: I, I do think it's interesting how MC begins the discussion of thinking about the flow of thought and even thinking about what science is all about by stressing the importance of memory and how flow depends on memory. And we often don't think about memory as a skill. Many people I don't believe do. I thought this chapter was even interesting, the section of the chapter anyway. This was another one where it was very clear to me that this was written over 30 years ago now. I think it's fascinating how just the invention now and the spread of the internet has perhaps changed our relationship to memory, that there are so many things now that we don't have to remember because you can just Google it. But what is still the value of committing things to memory? That was an interesting aspect of, of this section of the chapter that really gets stressed.
1: I do wanna point one more thing out for you guys. And I'm again, I'm just gonna beat you guys over the head with this word, intention, right? Intention and intentionality, because he does remind us again, that's the most important aspect for using memory for flow is for you to decide. And what you're deciding is what would you like to keep in memory? What things do you wish to remember? Gather them because gathering them is something you can control.
0: Let's go to the next slide, which is not the order <laughs> that MC did it. So now we're going from Memory is the base of science to the ideas of science itself. And this connects even to the idea we were talking about before of the concept of the amateur scientist. I feel, especially nowadays, we think about experts, we think about scientists, we think about the people who have degrees and laboratories and funding, but that all of us can be scientists. And how is it that we can take the scientific method and use it in our daily lives to improve the richness and the joy and the value of our experiences. And again, not in order, we're going from here, from science to history, or as he refers to history here, Cleo, like the the muse from the Greek mythology. Again, connecting it with this idea of memory and how you don't have to be a professional historian to get the value of history. And just how important it is even for your own sense of personal identity to be a historian of your own life, your family, your community, and how valuable that can be.
1: I'm going to point you, to you here the fact that what's key and you know you can see obviously that last bullet there's Maritza's wording <laughs> the key here again is to take ownership of the knowledge gathering and I do love that phrase knowledge gathering it's just a different way of saying the, that you're learning the learning process right so it says when it is the individual personally deciding which aspects of the past are compelling and pursues them with a focus on the sources and details that are personally meaningful. Then learning history can become a full-fledged flow experience. And what he means here is that, you know, the, the boring list of dates and names and places that you were perhaps forced to endure in your educational learning doesn't have to resemble anything what you choose personally to learn. Um, you know, I, I used to make jokes and say, I'm a wealth of useless information because the things that I've chosen to remember are weird and random and most people don't care about, but they're enjoyable to me. And through, uh, this book here, I'm learning that it's not as meaningless as I thought. So that was just me. I'm pointing out to you again, you know, this, um, it's another way of saying intentionality, right? To take ownership of the knowledge gathering. I love that.
0: Next, we're going into the rules and games of the mind, where he's talking really explicitly about patterns, symbols, the ways that we order what's in our consciousness conceptually, how this brings order to an otherwise chaotic mind, and how we can get into flow by playing with ideas, whether that's through actual games or just through the rules of whatever the particular symbolic system is. So that could be even the rules of poetry was one of the examples he gave, writing poetry, or even rules of grammar in writing prose, or it could be an actual game I loved he gave the example of crossword puzzles and not just doing crossword puzzles, but creating your own crossword puzzles as a way to tie it back into what Marissa is stressing here to really take ownership, take control of the rules themselves where you create the rules and the order and create the game that brings the order to what's in consciousness. And then this, flows with that. Again, the concept of the play of words through poetry, writing, or as he points out here, even a conversation. And maybe that's something we can all think about for our particular experience here with 52 Living Ideas. How is it that we can order this conversation? Hopefully Marisa and I did something to help me give the conversation a, a certain amount of order, but I know we can always be improving. And this is perhaps an opportunity to think explicitly about that, how it is that we can bring intentionality to conversation to make it more of a flow experience.
1: The Nice thing about these last two slides is that I feel like they are, they take us one step deeper from after encouraging us that we ourselves can be We can take control of the learning process by becoming amateur scientists, amateur historians. And now it tells us what you can do while attempting to become amateur in whatever topic you desire. You can use different types of games and words in order to help you kind of concretize that because for example, I don't know if any of you have written poetry or done any type of writing exercises, but sometimes poetry is like this, it's this feeling within you that makes your body all tight and it just has to come out, right? And so it's like this tingling and it's just like word vomit and it just comes, you know, you start writing and when you next look up the page is full of verse. But sometimes... You're in a different space and you intentionally grab the book, the paper, and you write, and maybe you'll decide you're going to do a, you know, A, A, B, B, A, A sequence. And you slowly write down these verses and and the process of having the words fit into the identified verses is calming and enjoyable. Those are two entirely different processes, but both of them are doing the same thing. They're sharpening your mind, your learning skills and your ability to focus. But the neat thing about that is you're totally unaware that it's doing any of that because you're, you're only, all you know is that you're doing something that is enjoyable to you, something that is within your desired things You know, as we brought that up, I'm bringing that up again because I do, it's a phrase I love from um, the, um, the, the Design Way book. And within this set of desired things, everything else that you're getting out of it is almost incidental. So it's neat because while you are making the intentional decision to play with words, all these other things are falling into place for you. And it's not that it's like unbeknownst to you, but it's without any extra additional effort on your part, which is just lovely. And that adds strength to what we've been saying all these past weeks walking with you. The idea that if you find that perfect sweet spot and you enter into flow state, everything you're doing seems effortless. All right, and that's it. We've come to the end of our um, presentation, Joya.
0: So next, we really do want to turn it over to you to hear about what were the best ideas and reflections that came out of maybe what you got out of the chapter, maybe even more what you got out of the breakout rooms. So just a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, put forward a comment or a topic to talk about. You can raise your hand in the chat function or type exclamation point And we'll get first every... We're going to do this like a lightning round where we'll we'll just go through, get everybody's questions or what they want to talk about, and then we'll just go through as many as we have time for. And we do have a hard stop right before nine o'clock today, And, and I will mention that there is another meetup right after this one. Shikant is attempting something really ambitious of thinking about how to integrate the stoic way, the Tao way, and the design way. So we're definitely gonna make sure that we are done in time. So everyone can leave this meetup and hop on. A, it's a different Zoom link, which we'll give you. But I guess for now, um, who would like to get us started with a question or a topic of, on the flow of thought? Looks like Jyoti has something to get us started first.
2: I don't know how I'm going to form this question, but I'm going to try. Um, when you okay. when you hear these 52 ideas and you're, you know, an amateur, like you're trying to learn and you think and it's like a feel-good, feel-good thing, but you are still not doing anything with it. Like every time you attend these courses or your lectures, you feel good about it. And you try to take some points for your own self for the personal growth. All that is good. But I feel sometimes that I'm still at a standstill. Like I'm not taking it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Is there a way or is it good enough? Is there a way to take it in another direction or is it just good enough? Especially at my stage of my life when I'm retired, I still want to have a goal in my life. And I just feel sometimes very complacent with this and two other things that I'm doing. But having uh, put in 38 years of service behind me, I don't know whether I should have a goal Uh, I should have some concrete goal or like you had said, and Marisa has said, if you're just enjoying what you are doing, that's, that should be your goal. I don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's a fabulous question.
2: (laughs) Confused.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to summarize this. Let me know if this is a good summary, which what I'm going to say here is um, like, is it good enough to simply, listen to the ideas, take in the ideas and enjoy consuming the information, is that enough? Or should there be something more? Should we take whatever it is that we're taking in and do something with it? Do we need to have a concrete goal, a specific purpose and do more than just enjoy the experience of taking in the 52 living ideas? Is that a good summary?
2: You got it, very good. Perfect.
0: All right, let's see. Who else has a question here? Um Aya is next. Hi, um, my name is
3: Aya and it's my
0: first time
3: uh joining Hi, welcome interested. Aya. Hi, um yeah, the other day I, I joined the other meetup and it was so good and so informative. I decided to um they introduced this meetup and um, I just got curious. So um yeah, in the breakout room earlier. I was talking about like you know applying knowledge to like practice, and that gives me a lot of joy. so to answer like to, you know to give kind of like a, maybe an idea for joy tea uh, where she said is it good enough to like you know take pleasure in knowledge, I think you could bring that knowledge to a more satisfaction level if you find a way to like use it in practice. Uh, so like for example cooking books right I mean you could read a lot about like how to prepare the best recipes but the real joy comes in actually flipping <laughs> over buying the ingredients and cooking up something for yourself so um, yeah it really does not think to read a recipe book and you know glossing over the pages um, the real joy is using the information that's my take thank you yeah no, thank you
0: for sharing and thank you for for joining in with us again. Yeah, and for anyone else this too, this is just the opportunity. Well, I mean, we'll go back and answer all the questions, but first we even just sometimes like to put all the questions and ideas out on the table. Sometimes we don't even have an opportunity to answer all the questions, but there can be value sometimes just even in hearing someone, someone else's question and having that spark a train of thought for you. So let's see who else might want to consider let's see, contribute a question here. It looks like next is, Ambika and then Julie, then Evanik and Judith in that order. Ambika first though.
4: So I was curious about what Jyoti said, and may I share something about what she asked instead? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's so many so many presentations and I don't feel it's it's like we have to take, you know introduce everything into something we are doing, but it feels like a natural course of events that we imbibe what we do, that we take what resonates and it becomes part of what we then continue to do. So, um, and in terms of must you have a goal, your purpose is just to be happy, Uh, Jyoti, you know, and I feel that we, because I'm also wondering, in which direction next to go? Because I just left my work, um, and I, we always have more to to create for ourselves than we did when we were working, which to which we gave a lot. But now there's a new direction, so I just feel we we take what we feel is right for us and create what we, makes us happy, and uh, that's where the quote unquote the flow is, you know, and it, and there's so much to know and. And you know, gaining in knowledge itself becomes that gem that can stir something else, just, just my feeling. And uh, you know, everyone is a poem unfolding. You're a poem, Joy. Uh, You're a poem, Robin. You're a poem, Jyoti. So we're each a poem unfolding with whatever drums, gems we gather. So thank you.
0: Well, that's beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing, Ambika. Next up, we have Julie, who will be followed by Evanique and then Judith. Julie, next.
5: Hi. Um, I Here's have a Julie. question and a comment. Uh, I guess uh, the 52 Living Ideas for me has um, been tremendous because I don't know myself um, in many ways. and. Um, there's always some new information, so I don't know if I'm discovering myself or I'm creating myself, or, or what's going on. But I'm growing, and um, at the same time, I've I've I have been out of touch with my inner guidance, my inner GPS and purpose. And so, some certain topics will enliven me more than others, and I will tend to go more into a flow state. So I'm letting curiosity guide me and um, trusting, I guess. And the question I have is, I used to read. Uh, fiction in high school and page turners would that be considered a a flow straight when you forget yourself when you're so at one in the book
0: absolutely to me that's even one of the most important ways that i get into flow on a regular basis i'm totally that person that can get absolutely lost in a book i i even get lost in books that people find dry and boring it doesn't even have to be an incredibly suspenseful one for me but Absolutely. I think that's a perfect example of, of how you get into a flow state. And thank you, too, for the point that you made, too, of being led by curiosity. I think that's that's an important concept that we haven't talked about yet in this discussion, but that is key to flow, that following your curiosity is the way to connect in. Certain thinkers I know have suggested this point. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, I remember, famously made this point, point. and I don't remember which of her books or lectures, but we, we've been talking about having the intrinsic motivation, having the passion for something. But passion can be a lot. And sometimes you don't need the full-fledged experience of red-blooded, brimming passion. Sometimes you just need that little spark of curiosity. That, oh, what if? That that Just that little nudge that gets you into something. And then curiosity can grow and expand and
2: Oh no, Joya, I think you froze. Can you guys hear Joya or
1: no? All right. I'm gonna jump in here for a second until she gets back.
0: Um turn into wait, wait, Joya. <laughs> you um you're breaking passion up passion and perhaps then turn into purpose after that. Joya, we're not hearing you.
2: I don't think she realizes that she's broken up. Oh no. Oh,
1: she fell off. Oh no, all right, wow. You guys are stuck with me, that's terrible. Um, so what I will say is that the very first page of this chapter, The Flow of Thought, does tell us that reading is, um, that among the many intellectual pursuits that are available Reading is currently perhaps the most often mentioned flow activity around the world. And then I'm gonna point out to you, because you know I'm beating you guys over the head with this word intentionality, right? So I would like to point out, think about a book that you had to read because it was required in your studies as a child and contrast that against a book that you yourself picked up because it looked interesting. Think of the difference in how you read it, how quickly you inhaled it, and how fondly you remember it. And that there will help you get an idea for that flow state that you're seeking because that's where we're trying to be. Okay, so thank you, Julie. Um, Evanique, you were next up.
6: Hi, um, so I was thinking of feeling and flow and how that fits. So when I say failing, I it, what I mean is like you try something out, it doesn't work. And then for most people, myself included, a lot of times, it, that ends the flow cycle and we just kind of abandon it. And I guess my question is, how do you stay in flow when you're failing or do you create a new flow? Um, and something Julie was saying also struck me about the creating of self that you know she was using 52 living ideas to create the self. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, and I think a part of the flow is creating yourself. And I think it also falls into figuring out like how to create or know yourself is figuring out what works for you and figuring out what doesn't. So for me, for many years, I had this, this claim that science, I'm not a science person. I'm not sciencey. And then all of a sudden now I'm doing a meetup all design way, which is really science. And I'm like, huh. But it's so interesting. Every time it's talked about by Shri Khan, I'm like, well, let's see how this works. And so I guess that's my question is like, if you're failing, how do you stay in
1: flow? Or if it's not working.
0: I think that's a great question. Oh, good. So, Did you
1: catch that, Joya? Do you need me to recap it?
0: Um, you can recap it. I, like, Zoom kicked me off. I went to, like, ask Ebony to unmute, and it kicked me off. I don't know. You were
1: happened. you were frozen for a whole two minutes before you realized, before you got kicked off. We didn't hear, like, two minutes of your words.
0: Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> you want to give me the quick recap then? Or you can just take it on to the next one.
1: I, I just hijacked... Um, I hijacked um, your um, moment and read them from the first page and reminded them that um, reading was mentioned as uh, the most uh, popular uh, flow state. And um, I pointed out to them that they should consider a book from a, a, their early school days, where if they were forced to read it versus a book they chose for themselves. And, um, you know, because the word of the day is intentionality. And here <laughs> Ebonique asked us, how does failing fit into flow? How do you stay in flow when you're failing? Do you create a new flow? So
0: I love that question. I know. We'll so definitely we have, get back to that one. We have to hear though from Divyesh first. But Judith. Judith right? and then oh, Judith and then Divyesh. Yes. Sorry, Judith, you are next, Judith.
7: <laughs> That's all right. I almost backed out of asking my question because I thought maybe I'm going backwards here. But listening to everybody that just spoke, um, maybe it kind of is in the same kind of line. Um, so but I just wanted to, um, so when um, Maritza said, you know, have you ever had to read a book? and then how did that compare to the book you chose to read? But you know, I've sometimes had to read a book or force myself to read a book because it was out of my comfort zone and then been really, really happy that I did. So, and then Evanique was talking about failure, you know, and so the way I was thinking about almost similar maybe is like some, so we're always talking about flow in terms of like, oh, you forget about time and you're just all in the zone, but in aren't there sometimes like, I'm thinking of scientists maybe, but like projects or things that you, set up for yourself that are very much flow activities as a whole, but not every moment of them is a flow because you do have failures and you do have things that you do. Um, So they're a part of the the process, but um, is it okay to say that, well, the whole activity is a flow activity because overall it gives you that feeling or that's not flow anymore?
0: I think that's a good question. And one of the ideas that we learn is there's a concept of the flow cycle. And so usually flow is considered part of the cycle, but there is one way, perhaps you could think of the whole thing as the flow cycle. And the flow cycle is this cycle of struggle, release, flow, and then recovery. And so that suggests that, so on the one hand, if you're inside that that cycle, you could say, well, the struggle aspect—the part where you're failing, the part where it's difficult, the part where you have to force yourself, the part where it does not feel pleasant, the part where you're learning the skills, the part where you're really using your conscious mind to try to do something hard—that perhaps might not be flow. Then usually, what happens is there's that part after you are using your conscious mind where you release. This is this is the you know the phenomenon of it's like you know when you take the shower and go for the walk and you stop thinking directly about whatever the problem is and you just kind of let things simmer that's the release phase then you go into flow and flow is that state where you're really just more on autopilot more just going with the subconscious because now there's this match between challenge and skills and then you're just in that state of flow and then there's you need a recovery period after that Um, so you know when we're talking about flow we could kind of think about it in both of these ways I guess you I think to to what you're saying here, Judith, that you could think of the whole cycle as being part of flow. And I think that's a valid point that you, you're not going to even get into flow unless you go first through the struggle and the release phase and then the recovery afterwards. So you know, there's one way to think about the whole cycle as necessary for flow. Or you could just focus particularly on that point when you are just completely absorbed in the activity and you lose sense of self and time passes strangely and your challenges and skills are perfectly matched so I think it, it's just kind of maybe depending on the perspective you you want to talk about it. Yeah. All right, let's thank go then to oh did, did you have a follow-up for that?
7: Next, no we, thank you thank you that's all. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Next we have Divyesh and then Mike S. Hi uh, so,
8: sorry hi I uh, think Well, uh, my question or rather comment might just have been answered. Even I'm going back. I was referring to the reading mention. And I, I remember because when I was in school, we were forced in literature class to read, I mean, really things which absolutely held no interest. But in hindsight, as you grow up, it planted mustard seeds of wisdom somewhere. That's the reason probably they were there. And I didn't grow up in the US, or we, we had to read African literature because I was born in Kenya. We had to read British literature and Trinidadian and all that. What it did do was engender a lovely sense of curiosity and wonder and oh about different things. But it wasn't my choice. Later on, it, it, morbid reading got me. I love it, some of it, and all that sort of stuff. But it's, a, it's all this led to the flow But the flow being that the current absorption is real, getting yourself in an imaginal world of curiosity and all that, and trying to put yourself in the other's shoes. So empathy and all that comes alive. But the, the past, that forced reading has created, somehow it put a mustard seed of, if you feel uncomfortable, because... If the people you revere, respect are saying, this might be a great literature, if you like Holocaust, then read Elie Wiesel or something like that, and, and all, then you say, okay, I'll give it a go. So it creates a what, nudges towards commitment and not putting it down so easily. So your intentionality gets a little concrete building block. That's what I'm trying to say in the current reading or the new ones coming up in curiosity. Thanks, sorry, I don't want to be.
0: No, thank, thank you. I, I love how you tied that back to uh, our word of the day of intentionality. And I, I think your point is, is well taken. It, it ties in perfectly, I think, even with what Judith is saying. Is that Sometimes in, in order to get to flow, you have to go through that struggle phase, the, the phase where it's not pleasant in the moment. But then, because you've gone through that, it does allow you to, to reach a flow state that wouldn't have been possible if you hadn't right. done that. And I love how you're stressing the word commitment, too. That that's a word we haven't yet mentioned, but a, a good and important one, the, the, the right. necessity to commit to whatever the undertaking is. Thank you for that.
9: Thanks.
0: Mike S is going to jump in here next.
10: Hi. Um... Have you, we covered. Uh, we spent some time discussing Julian Jaynes in uh, in another group uh, a while back, and um, he didn't use the word flow, but he uh, described how um, the left brain uh, comes up with all kinds of disjointed uh, factoids, uh, like they say you see a um, a cat and a mouse and uh but uh, the idea of that there's some battle going on um organizing those is is the duty of the right brain and um when the two are working in harmony um they use the term that time flows like a river and um uh, and if uh, if they are working in harmony, uh, purposefully working together, that flow is smooth. But if they don't get that uh, togetherness, it uh, becomes chaotic and turbulent. And um, uh, I, uh, I I'm not sure what the connection is. Uh, both Julian James and uh, Mihai Sigzenti. Um, our product of the 1950s although um, uh, Mihai is still alive and um, even uh, even though he's kind of old right now Um, but uh, I just wonder if uh, that uh, that uh, uh, bicameral mind uh, connection uh, resonates with anyone or if you found it in any of uh, the flow documentation thank you
0: Thank you, Mike. We'll definitely add that question to the queue. And I think it's time now we're going to start going through some of the questions and getting feedback from the group. Um, so maybe we'll even start with Evanique's first, because we haven't yet answered her question, which I think is a fascinating one, um, with this idea of flow and failing. Um, it seemed like even people had some points in the chat uh, on that idea. But if anybody wants to jump in and, and share more thoughts on on that Ready, did you have something the, to say about that? I will start
1: the ball on this one and while people collect their thoughts. So here I would say, let's think of failure as perhaps a delay or a detour and not a defeat. And remember, if you if you think back on the chart that we impose upon you, every time we get together here for flow discussions, we're looking at the challenges versus skills And we want to find the sweet spot, right? Because that sweet spot is the flow path. And that's your forward movement. That's how you're going to be on your meaningful path. If you have failure, all that means is that you landed outside of the flow state. I think it's if you don't view it as defeat, then you are going to find yourself willing to keep marching to get back into that sweet spot. And it's, again, it's that we have talked in, uh, across various of these discussions, we've also talked about changing perspectives. And I am a huge proponent for that. And I really do think that that's what you would do. You know, if you, if you find yourself admitting failure and thinking that it's a defeat, you know, maybe go into your corner, have your good cry, And then you dust yourself off and look forward. So that path was not the path for you. That's okay. There's going to be another path. And you just start walking and you'll find it. And then hopefully you'll find yourself in the flow path, which is the one you want to be on all along.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Maritza. Uh, Jack has something to say about this one too?
9: So I think, um, you know, this is kind of related perhaps to the other question too, but like in terms of failure, so I mean, I guess maybe we have to define whether it's failure to the goal or is it failure within um, the actions that you're taking within the flow state? Um, because if it's failures within the flow state, you know, I mean, like, so someone has asked you know, more scientific um Uh, approach to flow you're constantly running into almost there's problem solving so not everything is ever perfect you know completely perfect right but that doesn't necessarily kick you out of the state of flow I mean your mind is constantly trying to solve the problem stuff you're still in flow right so and and that in itself could be considered a failure but not really because it's just part of the process and so you're still you know in that flow state so I, I guess it really depends on how we define failure. That, that's fantastic a fantastic point yeah. oh sorry great no
0: I was just say that is a great point uh, I was even curious if Evanique wanted to expand on that um, maybe to say more about her her thoughts about uh, what she thinks about that kind of failure
6: yeah I think it's um when you fail sometimes or when something doesn't work in that flow for most people including myself included sometimes it just kicks you completely out of the flow state and you're not on that path anymore. And I like what Maritza said, you know, sometimes you have to go and have a good cry and either go back on that path or choose a different path. So I, I think it's just for a lot of people when something doesn't work, it's just hard for them to get back into the flow state. And so I I think, like you said, just dusting yourself off. So that's what I was thinking of.
1: So. Oh. You know, Evanique, I, I agree with you. I view it very similarly in such that I, I don't, um, I have found that sometimes if I view something as a failure, it will definitely throw me off of the flow state. I don't imagine that if I'm still in the flow state, I, it's not something I view as a failure. I may view it as, you know, something that didn't work or an incorrect solution if I'm still in the flow state. But if I view it as a failure, I have fallen outside of the flow path. Um, and that's okay. I think that's really important. Just because we are being intentional about our consciousness and seeking to, you know, wrangle our thoughts and our self in the way we want it to move, we we have to understand that we're human beings. And sometimes you're not gonna fall into that. Cause I don't believe that we are in the flow state always. The goal is to be in the flow state as often as possible. So, you know, we should really forgive ourselves for acknowledging that sometimes it's just, we're just gonna find ourselves outside of that flow state. And that's okay, because that's not the important part. The important part is that it is within our control to move ourselves forward, to find it again, and to enter it once again. Thank you, Evany.
0: Thank you, Marita. I just wanted to point out too. Luis has been making some really great comments about this question in the chat, and just um. For anyone who might be catching this uh, later in the replay and and not have access to the chat, I just wanted to share some of the things that he's he's pointed out here. Um, So first, even just making the connection to the concept of immediate feedback and flow. We've talked about flow requires clear goals and immediate feedback. That I think is the connection to what we talk about a lot in 52 Living Ideas with the OODA loop concept. And flow is clearly connected to that, that part of how we even get into the challenge skills flow channel is essentially by going through the loop, by, by as quickly as we can perhaps taking in the feedback and then readjusting course. And then um, Luis also drew this really interesting connection with the Stoics that I, I'll just read here. Uh, the word here, another interesting view on failure is the stoic perspective, in short, um, expected as part of the process. And then there's this quote, the art of properly responding to failure begins not by being surprised by it. When Seneca wrote that nothing happens to the wise man contrary to his expectation, this is partly what he meant. The reason that so many failures are devastating to us, failed businesses, failed relationships, failed vacation, failed attempts to get across town in 15 minutes, is that we never consider that things could happen any other way, but the way we wanted them. And the Stoics spent a lot of time practicing negative visualization, meditating on what could go wrong, what was the worst case scenario, what would be outside their control. And again, that just connects us back to the word of the day, the idea of intentionality and taking direction and taking control. So thank you, Luis, for, for that contribution there too anyone else have anything to say on this question? Two um, more was- people.
1: Next up, you have Jack and then oh, Ambika. I
0: even go down here. Oh, no, that was Jack really then. oh, okay. Then Ambika.
4: I just want to say, this is such a rich discussion and you're bringing up some interesting um, points that I haven't thought about be- before. I think Maritza, you said something about flow. Um, Did you say something about you have to plan it, you've got to do something to be in the flow? Um, I I had it and then I I just lost it, but I'm just wondering if we are not always in some flow anyway, and then we pick what connects with one point and what connects with some other idea and some other idea. So I feel that for, for me, we're always braiding all the different streams of flow. And then when we need to focus on one, then that's where the quote unquote, the intentionality may come in. And then you go and take that one to whatever level of completion you may may desire. I just wondered about this from what you said.
1: So, um, Ambika, it it might be a question of two different ways um, to look at the definition of the word flow. When I say flow in this discussion, for the most part, what I'm um, implying is the flow state. So um, flow could also be, you know, the path we're walking, you know, as we flow along towards that meaningful path. But um, if I say flow in general, I mean the flow state. And I do not believe that we are, automatically always in the flow state, but the flow state is what we're um, walking with um, MC here so that we can all sharpen our skill at getting
4: back into the flow state. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're actually focused on a
0: particular
4: theme or activity.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll share too, maybe just some for the purpose of contrast so that we know what flow is, some examples of things that are not the flow state. So you're not in a flow state, for example, when you're distracted. Perhaps we've all had that opportunity of just feeling distracted and our mind being pulled in all directions. When you're in that state of distraction, you're not in a flow state. Uh, You're not in a flow state if you're in a state of overwhelm. which, which often feels the same way. There is perhaps that sense of chaos. You know, he talks about flow as bringing order to the mind and order to the experience. So if you're in that experience of overwhelm, you're, you're not in a flow state. Uh, burnout too, I think is another good example that might have some resonance with people that if you're you're in that state of burnout where you're just totally exhausted, you have no more energy left, you don't even have that energy to muster for attention and to be in the moment and to be absorbed in the task at hand. You're not in a flow state. So those would just maybe all be some examples of what flow is not to give us a better indication of what flow is. Now uh, that's Claudio. Beautiful.
10: Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yes. My... Claudio is gonna be next.
10: Thank you. Uh, yes, you partly answered my question I, just now, but, yeah, my question was, what other ways can uh, cause one to fall away from the flow state? So you mentioned uh, distraction, uh, overwhelming, being overwhelmed, uh, burnout. Um, are there any uh, others? I guess being in an intoxicated state will get right? well, you out of the, uh, so you want to be sober, right? Uh, what other what other uh, things can cause you to lose your flow state? Flow state?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and maybe we'll even open that one up for the group as well. To you know, can start ruminating on it now, and we'll, we'll come back because I know Aya has something to say. I think just about this first question, but then yeah, maybe if if people want to share other thoughts about what is not a flow state just to give us that clarity. Um, yeah. Uh, Jack says really quick here in the comments being asleep is not flow (laughs) but I think I had something to say even about the previous question so we'll go to yeah yeah
3: Um, related to the flow state so like okay life is about choices and the choices we make right so there's always options at every turn in in the corner of your life for example career you want to make a career move and then suppose you're faced with like three different ways you could you know um, drive your career and they're all in different path, like in different directions. You're in the same field, but you know, you could see yourself doing A or B or C. Now <laughs> um, is and, and they're all good choices. Now, is that a good flow or a bad flow? Because you're 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 tormented. You don't know which, you know, it's like um, you could see yourself going in either direction, but you don't know what might lie ahead. Uh, by making those choices three years now, would I regret it three years now? But is that kind of like disrupt, you know, like disruption in your career? A, 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 a you know, a, a good like is is it a good flow or a bad flow?
2: So,
1: if if I can just jump in here very quickly, we're gonna be discussing work as flow in two weeks. So come back and join us in two weeks so we can okay. deep dive into that. Um, but I. I I would like to say just um, for myself, and I I think that MC in general agrees with me, even though he doesn't explicitly say this. I I think it's dangerous to think of flow as being good flow or bad flow, right? Because remember that when we say flow, we're talking about a flow state. And when we're in a flow state, we are just, just like absolutely focused. You're like in the zone all other thoughts are faded away. So there's no room to ask yourself whether it's good or bad. So those, those are kind of like misnomers or inaccurate um, descriptors for the flow state. They they don't apply because if you are truly in the flow state, you're not worried about whether it's good or bad. You're just there in the zone. And um, that's kind of the view that is portrayed to us in, in this book here and in the um, philosophy of the flow state in general. So um, that's that's just something I wanted to throw out there. But um, I really look forward to delving deeper into how work plays into flow next week. Well, I'm sorry, two
0: weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Next time. Yeah, uh, It looks like Max has something to say next. And then there's been some really great comments here in the chat too. Um, like Jyoti's been pointing out that uh, losses in life, of so grief, I guess you could say is is not a flow state. Um, Working too hard is is not a flow state. And Ritz is pointing out that's exactly what we're going to be talking about the next time. Uh, Let's hear, though, from Max, who I think had some things to say even about the first question.
11: Yes, thank you. I wanted to go back to Claudio's question about what other states. And Claudio, um, I would put boredom in there as well, right? And the way it nicely ties in with this chapter, what, what I liked in this chapter, and I think I read somewhere else, really in your mind, in your conscious mind, once you get a grasp of these different thoughts that are popping up and you are more intentional about, I'm not talking like when I say you, I'm not, I don't mean you, I mean in general, um, about what you choose to do with those thoughts right then once you have that intentional control then you really should never be sort of in a boredom state and i think that's what mc sort of talks in this chapter as well he's like he's saying um, you know the external world expectations and events um, you know create shape as to supposedly where we should be going but if we are Able to control our internal thoughts and and emotions and how we react to it, then um, we're better able to be in flow. But also, we should never be in a state of boredom. In that case, so I'm not sure if I'm making sense or not, but I just wanted to throw that out. No, that's a
0: yeah, that's a perfect point too. And um, I don't. Maybe you even want to go back and put that beautiful graph up again where we talk about the flow channel and you know what's, you know what's not in the flow channel is not in flow. And part of that is, is as you're pointing out Max, is boredom when, when you're in that state of boredom. And it, it ties also to you know when you're putting out the, the things here that that, uh, you know, that can affect our minds. Um, so right, So here it says like boredom, routine, loss of interest, all of that is not flow. Anxiety, frustration, fear is not flow. One of the interesting things also that came out in this chapter that I think is relevant even more now in the 2020s than the 1990s, he was talking about, for example, when you're mindlessly watching TV as not being in a flow state. And I think now we know the phenomenon of just mindlessly scrolling through social media or the internet. And that I think is getting to this idea of when you're being led by external forces, external motivators. To tie this back into the word of the day, intentionality and intrinsic motivation. that flow is about when you have that inner control, you have that intrinsic motivation instead of just being led along by whatever external situations or forces are out there, and then Luis was um, doing something interesting in the chat here as well, essentially trying to reverse engineer, uh, you know, kind of going from all of the conditions of what we know make up a flow state and then suggesting that if we look at some of the opposites of those, that those wouldn't be flow. So for example, we know that for flow, clear goals are important for flow. So if you don't have goals, that can take you out of a flow state. Um, If you don't have any feedback that can take you out of a flow state. Uh, When you don't have the freedom to control the situation, that can take you out of a flow state. Okay. There's some really excellent points there as well. Let me see. Um,
1: I think Max raised his hand again.
11: I'm sorry, I'll be quick. Um, that actually reminded me, somebody mentioned earlier on um, the internet and how it's you know it's the power uh, to be able to not have to remember as many things, et cetera. but what what that made me think also, really, it's a great distractor it can be right for all of us because we can spend away hours watching silly YouTubes one after another, or I'll speak for myself, I can do that. Um, or just so fragmented, right? If I'm not, Maritz, I'm going to double down on your work today. If I'm not intentional with my time and what I want to do, even if I have two hours and they're open, um i need to be really intentional because yeah internet is great and everything else but it can be a it's going to be like a Snickers bar at a supermarket do i want to eat something that is calorie rich and good or do i want to pick up a Snickers bar and have those 250 calories and then be completely hungry two hours later so anyway i will now i'm done thank you that's
1: fantastic first of all i have to say i absolutely love that i am I just put a a word warm in you guys' uh, mind, and everybody's picking it up and running with it. It's awesome. And then I want to say, you know, I I agree entirely with you, Max. The idea of, you know, that the way I view the ability to enter into the flow channel is to put intention behind our time. Because think of it, we all have the same number of hours in a day. How we choose to wield them can make the difference of what we will get done. And the um so MC is very negative towards television because he views it as a passive um, engagement of the brain. So in other words, you know, your mind is just it's spacing out as opposed to doing something that is feeding. It's like um, empty calories versus calories that are going to be life sustaining. That's the way he's viewing the difference between television and, you know, reading or learning a new skill or something, or even a documentary, because he does make a distinction there. And so I I really think, you know, I I did say to you guys that I was going to make the word of the day intentionality. And the reason is because I really do think that without intention, we cannot possibly strive towards entering into the flow state and it's so much more important in this chapter here where we're thinking about you know using thought to create flow because it's all in your mind and our minds are naturally a hot mess let's be honest if you just sit there and do nothing your mind goes in 20 different directions with no order as he mentions it it's chaos right i'm sorry chaos chaos And chaos is not conducive to flow state. So you have to wrangle your thoughts, move forward with intention. And that's the way you're going to find this sweet spot. You have to use the skills you have and challenge yourself to increase that skill. And that's how you're going to move up and find yourself here. Uh, Thank you, Max.
12: Fantastic point.
0: Yeah, thank you. I wanna to share too, um, Luis shared here in the chat, the definition of intentionality, our, our word of the day, which I think will be useful for us to reflect on here as we're talking about it. Intentionality is the fact of being deliberate or purposive. Philosophy, the quality oops, I lost it, the quality of, oh, how did I lose all the chats? There we go. Uh, the quality of mental states, for example, thoughts, beliefs, desires, hopes that consists in their being directed toward some object or state of affairs. So thank you, Luis. And it looks like next, Evanique and Ambika are up to share. And then Ash. Um,
6: I just wanted to say really quick when Maritza was talking about the mind. And I remember that from chapter six, that the mind is chaos. And what I Thought of is Jordan Peterson ordered in chaos. And I think one thing to just expand on that is like chaos can be beautiful, but it takes order to kind of give it form. Um, so I think flow kind of gives it the form. Like form is like order. I mean, the flow is order and form. But I think the chaos is creativity. So, when you learn to harness that, that's where the flow comes in, and that's when the order comes in, and that's where the form comes in. Um, so I, I just wanted to add that in. I just thought, I thought about that, and I thought of Jordan Peterson's order and chaos, and the chaos is the creativity, and the and the flow is the order.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great connection. I'll share the way that I even think about this is I always think about flow as pushing the limits of chaos because i think you're right and jordan peterson makes this point too that chaos can be a value it is that zone of creativity of innovation of going beyond what's been done before and but ultimately we want to we don't want to get lost in the chaos we want to push up against where the chaos is and then bring it into more order and that's i think what we're doing here with the flow channel is we're we're consistently pushing up against you could say the borders of chaos and bringing more chaos into more order and ultimately increasing more and more order uh, you know by by tackling more ever more chaos we only have a few minutes left though so i want to make sure we do hear from ambika and ash for short i
4: just want to thank both you and, uh, and Maritza and, and joy for the wonderful ways that you brought focus to to flow because ultimately it is that lovely focus that keeps you inspired and luminous doing the task at hand and your body feels it too it's not just your body getting cut off when we are distracted you know we get kind of fragmented but that complete focus present luminous creativity it's just beautiful so thank you for exploring that and um, providing this foundation thank you
0: Thank you, Ambika. We're we're glad you're here with us. And Ash has something to add into this part of the conversation too.
12: Hi. Yeah. um, So Evanika actually already uh, kind of addressed what I wanted to talk about, but uh, uh, yeah, I agree that uh, it's really sort of about finding this balance between order and chaos. Uh, So, you know, we're talking a lot about, uh, you know, intentionality and goals and direction and purpose as being important to flow. and, And I think that's, that's right. Um, because in a way, chaos, you know, by itself is, is sort of the opposite of flow. But I think it's also true that um, being overly Want to have like a specific uh, practical questions is always yes and no, or rather it's yes and yes, um, because it's really a spectrum, and you're you're trying to encompass both ends of that because there's there's really value on both sides. Um, and sorry. And so, what Judith said in the breakout room was, you know, sometimes in flow. So, so you're going into it with goals and a direction, but sometimes in flow, it puts you on this evolutionary path that takes you in unexpected uh, directions into places that you couldn't necessarily have predicted. Uh, and I think maintaining that um, that flexibility is also really important uh, to flow. So, I just wanted to highlight that as well.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I, I think that is totally right, that MC talks about flow as bringing order to the mind, but it's not order in this rigid sense. It's order in this more creative sense. And I think that that really is what we're getting at with the whole concept of the flow channel and the way that that's just an ever-growing, evolving phenomenon. And, and that's precisely the point that you, you can't get too rigid, because if you get too rigid, this was Max's point that you fall into boredom and routine, and that's not flow. So that, you know, what life is all about is precisely seeking out that next big challenge, that thing that's going to push you on the edge of chaos, and then bringing that into order, and consistently kind of going through that iterative process. I'm sure it is a spiral, the way that, that you would love it to be, Ash. Yeah, so um, anybody have any last thoughts they want to share? I'm going to jump in
1: here really quickly. Speaking of um, spirals, the, you know, the idea of um, flow state uh, moving forward, you know, you also move forward in the spiral as it were, um, you know, or maybe forward is the wrong word, but the idea is that we should banish the concept of either or and consider barrier consider that most things in life can be a yes and situation and I, I find that to be very freeing for us especially when one is considering how do we keep getting back into the flow channel you know if you it's it's more limited if you think of it as an either or situation
0: absolutely and it's interesting that Yes. And is even one of the flow triggers of group flow. We haven't talked yet much about group flow, but there are certain flow triggers that happen specifically in group settings. And one of the ones that that's known certainly now if not when this, this book was written, is this concept of yes and which comes out of even the improv community, I think has explored this in great detail of how improv works best and then really just how groups work best is when there is this phenomenon of yes and of accepting whatever is there, whatever gets brought up by the group. But I think this even applies to even when you're just by yourself and perhaps having, you're trying to achieve flow in your own mind to say yes to whatever is there, to whatever is present and real and what comes next. I just wanna point out, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, if anybody has any closing thoughts to share, and then it is a different link for the next meetup group, which is at 9 p.m. Eastern time here. Again, this is gonna be the broad integrative exploration of Stoicism, the Tao way, the design way all together. The link there is in the chat. And I, there's just a couple minutes left for any Closing thoughts, or then Maritza, I'll even leave it to you, to because you you set us up here with intentionality, and maybe even just want to give us some reflections on intentionality to close us out. No, nope, looks uh, Like Jack has, Jack, to Jack to raised say, his hand, and then yes, do. let's let
9: Jack close us out. Okay. Oh, I no, I just had a quick uh, um. So on page one twenty, something that really surprised me. He said, uh, and this is relating to the TV watching and, and things like that. Um. He said, for instance, one of the simplest ways to use your mind is daydreaming, playing out some sequence of events as mental images, but even this apparently easy way to order thought is beyond the range of many people. I thought that was really surprising. I actually wrote surprising in the margin of my book because I thought everybody had the ability to just you know, daydream at will. Um, I guess it's not the case. That was it.
0: i i guess so i'm i i guess i'm the type of person who can easily fall into daydreaming but when i think about it i i know some people who i wonder if it's even something about i feel children clearly are daydreamers and imaginative and i wonder if it's even something that just you know from our experiences, perhaps through unfortunate educational experiences, perhaps even gets weaned out of us, but that might even take us on a a whole other exploration. Uh, Evanique maybe has a last thing to say here, and then I will let Maritza just close us out.
6: Really quick, because I want to hear what Marissa has to say, but um, I just want to say to the daydreaming point, I think it is certain people, like I can daydream in a minute, (laughs) like I can go off into my own world and I'll be looking right at a person and go off into my own world. But some people, the, I, I just don't think they can. And and I don't, I think it's just a personal thing. So go ahead, Marissa, that's all I want to say.
7: No worries, no
1: worries. I agree with that. So I just want to say, you know, the this is, thus far, this is my favorite chapter. I do love the idea of looking at our mind, to find flow, I think that our brains, our thoughts, are these like extremely powerful tools, weapons. Call them what you will, but um, you know, unless we choose to use them to suit our purposes, it really cause all kinds of havoc for us, don't they? Um, and so, I I'm actually gonna um, go back to Evanique's question about. You know, how do you stay in flow when you're failing? And I feel like she kind of answered her own question with her next question. Do you create a new flow? Yes, I think we do. I think that the way for us to find ourselves most often in the flow channel is that once we find that we're not in the flow channel, let's work towards getting there again. It's going to look different every time. It's going to look different. But let's work towards getting back there. And again, you know, we all know that anxiety, frustration, failure, boredom, routine, those things are gonna take us out of flow. So we just have to find the antidote. And MC is telling us that it's all in here. And isn't that just amazing? I think that's really amazing. Thank you guys for walking um, through flow and thought with us this week. In two weeks, I look. Forward to seeing you guys so we can discuss work in flow. Thank you all and um, you should follow us to the next meetup. It's going to be amazing and I'm going to have to talk about several of the things we spoke about in this meetup because I think they're pertinent.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks all. This episode may be done, but you can always find more travel ideas and opportunities at Delve Travel. Just visit delvetravel.com. The adventure continues. Ask me why.